Now, the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So, I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. Greetings and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is May 13th. Andy, how are we doing? Brendan, I'm doing uh, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing fine. Doing fine. Just a little midweek uh, podcast. We're, uh, are you recording? Just want to double check that. I am recording, I think. Okay. Is my mic sound on? Yeah, you're on. We, we, usually, at, we usually go through this checklist before. <laughs> well, not always ever. Sometimes we never do the checklist. We're on a roll. Month. We're like at least a month since we've had a mess up. With the mics not being on? Yeah. That sounds about right. No, it's good. I mean, weather, weather's been nice here. Weather small talk, as we always do here at the top. Uh, I think we had our wor- last cold day. I think we've turned the corner here. So we may get our cold brew tutorial at some point in the future. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got some Bixby that's just shipped, too. Some new Bixby. <laughs> how many? How many bags? How many pounds? What are we talking? I, got, I get one bag every two weeks. That's all you use? I've got it's me and a, two weeks. Me and my pregnant wife who can drink okay. eight ounces of coffee a day. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Um, all right. Yeah, BixbyCoffee.com, shotgun start blend. You guys, we've seen quite a bit of a nice uptick in that over the last month. We're gonna come up with some contests, some giveaways. I don't know if we'll ever do the Bel Air giveaway like last year. That was kind of a unique one. But some some cool stuff going on that that you'll like. Uh, so please continue to subscribe. I, I'll take it. I'll take any you know subscriber. We'll do a subscriber contest. Could come play nine holes at the pitch and putt near me. It's like Field Troy. There you go. You could talk about how your tea and pocket practices. <laughs> best best pocket. I practice. don't even need a tea there. I need a well, actually. I just need one to to fix my ball marks. That's true. We may do a, I don't know. We'll see. We're trying to come up with some different perks. Please continue to subscribe. Support the pod. Keeps us running. We have no intentions of slowing down uh, three times a week. And now we got golf coming back. We might speed gonna... up. What does that mean? I don't know. We're not doing any. We can't. I mean, We're more likely to speed up than slow down. My wife's like, what old ass golfer are you researching all day today <laughs> now? You know, it's like, I can got a point um all right let's get to it it sounds like we'll have golf coming back soon i'm getting your internet connections unstable i'm I'm well aware i didn't need that pop-up to tell me that okay uh we have golf coming back soon there is we got the match on the horizon we've we got, got the a, match we had a big announcement from the pga tour today well, that's what i that's what i'm getting at it seems like <laughs> This ship is set sail and it's not returning to port. It's going to happen. Uh, these these health and safety protocols or guidelines or whatever have been approved by the PAC. 
The task been... force was successful. The PGA Tour's health and safety task force. They have been sent out to the players today. I got them pretty early on after I think after they were sent. Uh, I had a little little birdie send them to me too. Thirty-seven privileged and confidential. You know, the shotgun start had it pretty quickly. I think. Um, Thirty-seven pages. PowerPoint. It looks just like a PowerPoint. I think I put in one one page up on the Instagram today. Just to, it looks just like a PowerPoint. I noticed the one. So I don't know what kind of artwork they're using for it. Now we're getting into the document critiques. But the one about the about the leaderboards is definitely a, a facsimile of the Masters leaderboard, which is a big no no. I can't believe someone from inside the walls of PGA Tour HQ sent out. You know, it's not exactly clip art. But the leaderboard is definitely like taken after the Masters leaderboard. It's got oh, the yeah. arch at the top. It's got the big pole coming up, like permanent sort of pole coming out of the ground. I was like, huh? Ah. How, how many people do you think was responsible for putting together the PowerPoint? Too many. A good amount, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I picked up on that right away. I'm surprised that people at, at Tour HQ are so sensitive <laughs> about the, you know, the Masters. Any kind of, well, you know, hint that they are sort of, I don't know, mocking or, I don't know, modeling whatever they do in any way after the Masters, whether it be the players or, or whatever, um, they get sensitive about that. But should, should, should we run down the nuts and bolts of this thing instead of, you know, just talking about inside baseball stuff that people are never going to see? I mean, I think that's what people prefer on this this podcast the inside baseball stuff that people never see or otherwise don't care about but let's get to it let's do the nuts and bolts it's 37 pages here's what i'll say off the top general comments it feels like it's it's substantive it's comprehensive but it feels unsatisfactory if that makes sense right like i don't know if it's the best they could do i think it's a very worthy effort it feels like they've tried, but I don't know like how much concrete actual scaling back is in here besides like the no fans part of it. You know, how how many true alterations or changes in the way they operate are in here, to be honest with you. Real subst like real substantial changes. So but- the Brian Wacker Golf Digest article had the number eleven hundred essential people to put on a tournament yeah 1100 so you figure a field is what 150 we're we're gonna strip strip this down to the least amount of people because we've got this pandemic you know yeah we're gonna strip this down to the just the essentials and you come back with 1100 I, I don't know who those people are. So you 150 players, 150 caddies. That's it. That's it for players and caddies. We have on here, they have physios, coaches can attend. Like why? Yeah. Equipment reps? What, what, why do they what, need to be there? Support personnel. Which like, I, they don't need any support other than maybe a caddy. There should be, this should be a new pared down old school kind of way where you go. You work on your figure out. You got your phone. Send video of your swing to your coach. Anyways, you know, um, 
I just I could be like a cool pared down event like that where you don't have you know your team of all the spritzer and everybody else walking inside the ropes with you. So I want to put it they, into they perspective a little bit. They pared it down. It's not like everybody's allowed in. Put it in a little perspective here. Yeah. All right. If if the NBA does their bubble theory, if they had eleven hundred people, do you know how many how many people per team that is? Um. Wait, what? Eleven? If they got to get to eleven hundred, how many do they need per team? Yeah, I don't know. What do they have? Thirty teams. Thirty teams. I'm horrible at math. How many is it? Thirty six. There's twelve, twelve to fifteen players. There's fifteen players technically on rosters. Twelve, hey, I, twelve actives. I tell you, I bet you they're pushing that. I bet you they're pushing twenty five. You put but, in but all the so if they're gonna put coaches, trainers, probably like some like sort of. But they're talking know, about going like one coach Are for they? this thing. Yeah, they're like they're they're the things they're talking about are like how can we make these teams as small as possible i guess that's what surprised me most and this is not a comment on you know i guess what surprise whether this is right or wrong what surprised me most about it was like yeah it didn't feel like there were any true massive major changes in the way these tournaments go off like one coach would be a massive significant change in the way a you know, basketball game, a NBA game is is conducted. Like we heard, there might be no rakes. There are rakes. We heard there might be no caddies. There are caddies. We heard there might put it with the flags in. There, there are flags. Like none of that's. It's all going to be play is going to go on kind of as usual. There aren't going to be fans. There's going to be fewer like support personnel. There's going to be like social distancing going on everywhere. Allegedly, you know, when you pick up your caddy bib, when you're on the range, when you're at the putting green, clubhouses mostly closed unless you've been tested um i want to know what's in this questionnaire so if you're yeah. not tested you get this temperature check and questionnaire what's the questionnaire about i i just do they ask you trivia like what event is the gold standard is it a loyalty test like what is this and and it's just like okay did you come in contact with anybody like somebody could just say no yeah. It's a question. Is yeah. there going to be like a lie detector test associated with it? No. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm not saying, but it just seems like in only 400 of the 1,100 essential people are being tested. So what's the point of even testing anybody? Why? Who are those 700 people? Who are those 800, you know, extras? It's Shotlink, volunteers, locker room staff, clubhouse staff. Like, that's the thing is like to play golf. Like everybody in the country that's playing golf is playing by this method of you show up 10 minutes before your tea time, you put your shoes on, you walk to the first tee and you go. Yeah. And this is, there's no, like you said, there's, I mean, some places are going to have locker rooms open. I, I, so I don't want to like just shit all over the tour on this, like dog them. Cause like it is clear to me that they at least considered and thought about almost everything all of this like whether they took action on certain specifics is a separate matter but like i don't want to say they're just like didn't consider anything or didn't put any thought into this because i think they did and i think they've been grinding and trying to figure out how this would happen and i think you're seeing the difference here between 
sort of a member run organization with no real kind of adversarial push tugging, you know, push and pull like we are in the NBA where there's a player's union that seems divided. There's an ownership group that seems divided. Some of the, some owners are, have different, you know, different yeah. thoughts on it. Some don't think there's any way we should take any tests off the table. Like it'll be too big of a PR hit. Like, you know, just so there's ownership groups that divide at odds. There's a union at odds in Major League Baseball. There, there seems to be a union at odds, right? There's some really loud voices saying, like, I don't know that we have this figured out. And these are, you know, these are allegedly the sports that can be played in a bubble, right? I mean, the tour cannot. I had someone uh, at an organization, not the PGA Tour, but a major golf organization, tell me like. I just don't, I don't know where this is going. Like if the NBA and, and MLB are struggling with the bubble, how's golf going to start doing this from the city? But this is be a negative Nancy at all. Like I'm just trying to, I, I'm trying to assess the realities on the ground of, of where this is going. And um, I, I think like, I don't know. I think it's happening. I, I don't know. It's like a happening. month ago, you asked me. Yeah, yeah. A month ago, yes, was like, oh, there's no way they'll be back by June. Like, this is going. The plans are in place. Like, countries and the country, a lot of states are reopening. A lot of different, you know, kind of businesses are reopening. Like, I, I'm pretty confident this is happening, and it's happening June 11th. So, but again, um, I don't know. It just seems like we'll see. They're the last one out. They're going to be among the first ones in, you know. So, well, it's like they did a UFC fight with, you know, two people, you know, yeah. broadcast booth. And obviously they touch and everything, but those, they had to have been tested, right? They did. They yeah. were. So that guy, guy tested positive the day before and it still went off. Yeah. I mean, I, so, just... I don't know. I mean, do you want to get into any specifics of this or do, do you feel like, I mean, you can read all about it? Um, I, I like the charter flight. The charter KF, flight is cool. KFT, the party plane. KFT and caddies have to pay 300 bucks, while uh, PGA Tour and Champions Tour members have to pay $600. And it's like capped at 170 players. Not required, strongly encouraged. And it leaves on Mondays. So many people aren't going to be able to fit on that. 170? Yeah. I know. Well, that's that's the thing is like you could probably bubble the 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 NBA for uh, with eleven hundred people, yeah, and like only like three hundred people or four hundred people are going to be the same people at the next stop the next week. Yeah, that's yeah. So I mean, they're going to test before they leave home. They're going to test when they arrive or at the site, and then I think there's a test middle of the tournament. I. I don't know like what their plans are if there's positive, right? Like it's like you, you know, you have to self isolate for ten days with no symptoms, two it's, negative test results at least twenty four hours apart. It seems like the results from the nasal swabs are going to take twenty four to forty eight hours. So you're like waiting for test results, I guess. And, and could you have played two rounds? You know, right? I. I don't know. Do they have anything in place? Like if you came in contact, like the other thing about this, the way just kind of in general, the way I read it, I was like, okay, so like maybe half the tour is going to take this seriously. You know, like the, the way they're rolling it out because they aren't taking anything away. Doesn't, I don't think it's going to inspire any sort of, you know, care 
carefulness from a lot. Like there are going to be players that take it very seriously, but there are also going to be players that don't take it seriously at all. Yeah. I, and it just from the tone of the whole thing, that's the way I feel. Well, it, I mean, not, there's no major disruption that would make them, you know, f- f- like kind of inhibit their ability to just fall into old habits. Right. I mean, granted our lives have changed dramatically in the way we operate probably forever, but, it just seems like having rakes, having Ketty, you know, they're handing out a lot of sanitizer, paper towels, and mat. I don't know about masks, but they're handing out that kind of stuff. They're sanitizer. I think they every- said masks. Sanitizer on every tea. Um, I don't know what. What anything else about like they're they're going to be like try to confine you to a hotel. You're not allowed to dine out. You're not allowed to take Ubers anywhere. Um, you know, equipment trailers are allowed, but there's some like kind of midpoint where you can drop off the equipment the players can't go in the in the trucks and the guys can't really mill about the range so there's some sort of it would be nice if the midpoint was a ct machine don't you think like maybe yeah. they drop it that's where you come pick up your the club. CT machine they get introduced to it contact this contactless delivery of equipment via the ct machine that'd be kind of nice the uh, uh I, there's media even media is allowed yeah, limited I'm guessing, to 40. I'm guessing it's going to be state-run media. I don't think we'll make the cut on that one if we apply. No. 40 people approximately spread out in an acceptable manner. 28 of them will be PGATour.com <laughs> employees like Sean Martin. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't get Sean involved in this. Ten, ten, 10 of which will be social media members. Yeah, what are they going to do with no kids there? I mean, that's 75% of their tweets. Are Wildlife, kids. man. Geronimo and the other t- like that. That's all the tweets. How are they going to survive with no kids? Can't, I have kids. Listen, I have kids. I love, love kids. Love when they meet their idols. But jeez. All <laughs> right, let's move day. on. Anything else? I like the party planes. Fun. <laughs> we'll see. How, we'll see how it goes. I, no the, agents. That's good. Get the agents out of there. I the thing I'm most worried about is the optics. That's been my chief concern for the last three weeks, and it's continued going to continue to be my concern here going forward. So here's here's what you talked about with like the whole change of behavior. Did you see Alan Shipnuck's report from uh, the whatever uh, Scottsdale? Outlaw, yeah. I mean, this was Lashley, and I think some other guy, Taylor Montgomery, maybe. It, it, talking about with Sam Saunders, Holly's kid, him and I are both Corona free quote or comma. We feel like you feel like you're, I mean, I, I, I sure they probably are and f- may feel fine. I think but like, that, that's not the, a the, lot of people are still struggling to understand what asymptomatic means. And then Lashley was like, I think it was Lashley. If you get it, you get it. You get through it and move on with your life. Um, I don't know. I mean, that just seems like, again, that's sort of maybe the advantage or disadvantage the tour has of being a members-run organization where some guys can choose to just not go play, some guys can't go play, as opposed to... But the optics of it are horrible. Like You can't have your representatives of your organization saying things like that when the public, when the entire world's like... 
in a really bad place, like especially the country at this point is in a horrible place. You got unemployed and this, that's what you're going to say. Unemployment's at all time highs and it's been forced because of this virus. And you're going to say, if you get it, you get it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So whatever you think of the virus, whatever you're per- as a player, whatever you think of it, you, you, the tour needs to get some media training agents need to get some media training like aggressively in the next month to make sure. Cause it's just, it will blow up. It will make the whole sport look bad. It will make the tour look bad, whether they believe it or not, whatever they think of this whole pandemic and the shit show that we're living through right now. Like you can't, you can't give those quotes cause it's going to blow up on all of it, blow up on the golf on golf as a sport tour. So the media training needs to be put into high gear now in the next month. Okay. Anything else? You good? No, I'm I'm good. I'm All right. Okay. Um, let's go to uh, skins match details. A few more details on this. This is uh, from the Taylor made announcement. Also, Will Gray articles where I'm pulling this from, aggregating, as they say, maybe aggregation station. But no, you're citing. Uh, you're you're citing. That's one I, of the I most saw important. Taylor made tweeted out. I'm just going to yeah. Will Will is there for us uh at golfchannel.com so the the skins outline holes one through six are 50k seven to 16 are 100k 17th 200k and the 18th is a five hundred thousand dollar skin uh any reaction to that sweet standard fine cool yeah good Uh, it's a very strange format (laughs) i i like have never in my life played two man skins that's what i was wondering I don't, can you I don't, explain that? I don't. I don't understand the team. Is this just so they can get the Oklahoma State Ricky Cow content? I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't. I've never. I've never heard of anybody playing two man skins. But they're all playing their own ball, right? Yeah, it's just a weird format. <laughs> so I like the side contest. There's two long drive, two long drive contests, $100,000 going the longest drive on two and 150 on 14, but they don't have to finish in the fairway. Ricky should be the driver on those holes. What does this mean? They don't have to, are they just doing it based off track man projections? What if the guy hits it 70 miles, 70 yards offline, just does some Bryson swing where he's trying to get you know, 200, whatever, ball speed, why don't they have to finish in the fairway? How are they How are they measuring? Because it, it's tailor-made. This is tailor-made, put their <laughs> thumb on the scale here. Lawless. They want the big numbers. Lawless tailor-made. I mean, what if what if one's like 30 yards in some sandy area? Well, we'll I, roll as far. If you hit it straight, you'll hit the fairway true. and it'll go that's further. True. That's true. I, I I've never heard of that really in in a competition. Are they going off a track, man? Shit! Even the right? world long drive's got to land within like a grid that's only like fifty yards wide. Do they have just, the whole set? What does that mean? Like that? That which holes are going to be the long drive? Yeah, two and fourteen. I said. Wouldn't it be funny if they both were playing into like a just like a gale force wind? <laughs> It's like thirty blowing thirty purposes. Blowing thirty five. It's like, oh, this is a long drive hole and they're hitting it like two seventy. You see, Ricky has special clubs, activation. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> you think he's trying to be the turd in the punch bowl with that? This is unbelievable. Taylor made everybody's Taylor made, and Ricky's got his new Cobras. I mean, he's in it because he plays the Taylor made ball, I guess. But yeah, why is it unbelievable? Just every event he's had an activation this year. Think about it. It, it adds to the list. Special special clubs. I'm sure it's for a good cause. So this one, I, I think it's harder to get worked up about. I don't know. Um, if play concludes after 545, the teams remain tied and only the closest to the pin option on number 17 will be used. So they're just they're keeping this from two to six, not running over. So they're they're pretty confident that they're gonna play in four hours. I would hope so. If it gets really windy, it could be kind of fun. Um, okay. Not all those go. DJ Rory really fast. Ricky's pretty fast. Yeah. Matthew Wolf, I'm not sure. I think we he's fast. I think he's yeah. a fast player. I'm not positive yeah. though. Yeah. We'll find out Sunday. Uh, all right, let's do an ad. Oh, a lot of people also. Uh, I have to apologize to the what? odds makers. What you do? I said, like, what is it, minus two twenty three or whatever is ridiculous. And then I went on to say that you know I bet on Rory and DJ to win six or seven times out of ten. And I was numerous people mentioned to me that minus two twenty three is a point six nine uh, winning percentage. Oh, I gotcha. So pretty much exactly what I said. The gotcha. <laughs> Whoops. So I apologize. <laughs> All right, let's do an ad read for Rucket. They are sticking with us. It's still the uh, season of Rucket. Rucket.com. Are you still using your chip net? Chipping oh, yeah. net? Yeah. I, well, I was going to set up the big net this week. I wanted to hit some, get some reps in. The weather's finally kind of nice. Good news. They are getting the nets back in. They are back in. They're getting more back in. Uh, updates from the, the the folks at Rucket. Uh, average is about 7 to 10 days right now for delivery. Uh, some of their more popular hitting nets are back in stock. The Hack Net, our original net, designed with Chris Hack. Georgia head coach. Patrick Reed, you know, mentor for a year maybe, right? Patrick Reed, another <laughs> adversary of Patrick Reed, probably another one that's in the the burn book. Um, the hack net, the original, the hack net with the tri turf mat. You got one of those, right? The oh three, yeah. Whether it's a fairway, a rough cut, uh, and then like a teeing mat, right? Yeah. Um, and then the the SPDR net. Would you say that's spider with no bow? I think it's spider net. It's the cameo net. <laughs> The spider net is their most durable and heavy duty option. Um, great for people looking to set and leave up at an at home driving range. So maybe that's for, you know, thick boy. Guy, yeah, guys trying to get that 200 mile per hour ball speed. The spider nut. Uh, and then the other ones that are out of stock are coming in in the next few weeks. So. I'm setting mine up tomorrow. Are you? You got good weather. Yeah, I'm going to set it up. So what are you doing when you do that? What are you working on? What are you trying to? What do you? What's the what's the process there? Are you just trying to get out of the, get out of the house? I'm just Try trying to hit the ball, flush it as Tiger would say. Just get some flushers going. You know what I do is I usually hit about ten balls and then I go inside 
I go back and I hit about 10 more. I just take breaks. What are you doing? I'm Uh, doing work. And then I go hit 10 balls and I'm really stiff. And then I hit like the last two good and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I go back in. Again, my favorite thing about this very dad quality is like if you went inside, all of a sudden it starts raining and you don't want it to get wet, which I think you can find. It's you're fine leaving it out. You can break this thing down in like 90 seconds, start in this big ass duffel bag they give you. So that's one of my favorite things about it. All right. So rucket.com, our promo code is SGS. You have 15% off orders of $100. SGS 15. SGS 15. Shit. I Jesus. That up. It's like your new, uh, uh, it's your new, uh, Pelly. Yeah. My new Pelly tick. Uh, SGS 15, 15% off. They got all other sports there too, not just golf. A lot of good other stuff for the kids if you have that soccer, lacrosse, basketball, rebounders. So, all right. Shall we move on? For sure. The, you know, White bread mayonnaise sandwich that is the U.S. Ryder Cup captain's operation is now complete. This is unbelievable. We have Steve Stricker, who, for all intents and purposes, I still have any kind of refutation that that to the claim that he was picked only because he's from Wisconsin and it is in Wisconsin. Steve Stricker is he's the first. You know, he's the first captain that hasn't won a major. Is that right? Yeah. Meanwhile, Freddie Couples never been a captain. Larry Nelson, Larry Nelson served our hero. country. Served our country, not a captain. Which I'm wondering if that's why they put a troop. That's why they're trying to fulfill, you know, stand in for the, the Larry Nelson omission. Because it appears Zach Johnson is on the the highway to eventually being a captain. Because he was named as another vice. I don't know what they call him. Assistant vice captains. I don't understand why they never get new guys. Why it's just the same guys every so time. Closed loop. So we got Strix, DL3, Furek, and Zach Johnson is the crew. I guess, get one Zatch. new. Zach. So Zach's going to be the captain one year. It's very clear. And I think it's only because he's, uh, he's probably a total subordinate to what Phil and Tiger say, right? Phil says jump, he says how high. And that's just kind of how this whole thing's gone. Phil and Tiger more or less took control of the 2016, how that went, Hazeltine. 2018, I mean, it's different for Tiger. Like, he won the tour championship by all accounts. He, you know, celebrated on the plane and maybe didn't stop for the whole week, uh, which is his right and understanding given the, that triumph that was the tour championship. Phil was completely unplayable in France, unplayable. <laughs> Um, like can't be out there. Just just concede. Um, and, but they, I don't know. I, I think that's how you end up. With, I, I guess my just concern is like get someone else in there, right? Why not Kenny Perry? <laughs> I don't. What about David Tops? There's just no spice either from a media perspective. Someone like me who's looking for a little. Like I, I might need Reed on the team now because this is just like the most, like I said, a mayo sandwich. That's all it is. What about it's, Boo Weekly? Oh God. Well, come on, we can't just we can't just bitch with uh, without offering any kind of counter solutions. Who would be another serious person candidate you put on? Because I think that they're just. Here's the thing: 
If you told me Monday after Glen Eagles, after that just five alarm fire that Phil set, that we were going to overhaul things and the group that would take control was Steve Stricker, underwhelming Ryder Cup player, never won a major. Dial Tone Davis. The guy who just captained at Medina. Well, he did win at Hazeltine. No, but I'm talking about, say, hypothetically, Monday after Glen Eagles. Okay. So, we're th- so the guy from Medina, Stricker, ZJ and Furyk, who barfed on themselves that week, I think. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure Furyk, we knew he was going to be. All like, if one thing these spotlights have taught us, it's like to appreciate just really good players. Like, not just, you know, these guys are amazing, amazing players, and I probably have a newfound appreciation for them. But like it's just weird that that's the group that's taking control of this operation. Yeah. So who else would you try to break up that circle with? Here's who I think should be the captain. Don't give me some boo weekly type suggestion right now. Patrick Reed. Kenny. Kenny Pear. Patrick Reed. Just make it complete chaos. As a captain? Oh yeah. Utter chaos. So here's the other dirty. I mean, is Damon Green going to be involved? I think. Well, I think George Spieth could be captain. That's not a bad one. That's not a. And that Sergio role. Remember when Sergio was so bad? Yeah. He still wanted to be a part of it, so he was like Bubba. Also, what was that Celtic man? Oh, Bubba. Bubba Bubba was ranked seventh in the world. I think that that year. And got left off the yeah, team. At Hazel Hazel team. I mean, the problem is like there isn't a lot of good options. I'm From looking that. through all these like old Ryder Cup teams. And they are so done going to like after Watson thing, they're done going going to the way back machine. That's it. Like, you gotta be from this era. Marco Mira. He never was a Ryder Cup captain, right? Yeah. Won two majors, I'm told. Justin Leonard? Duval was uh, an assistant, I think, in France. Leonard, why? What's wrong with Leonard? Why didn't he get in this? Why wasn't he a part of this? He probably he one. didn't play on t- on tour long enough. The Pro V One killed him too early. <laughs> Leonard's out, huh? I mean, I think they should just start going back. Crenshaw, get him back in there. Probably wouldn't do it. Probably wouldn't want that for a year. Headache, two I mean, years. That's the thing. It's like you're you're left with like Jeff Maggard. <laughs> You know, like this, so here's, these are it, the it, options. Like Kenny Perry, Jeff Macker. These the the guys were on, the problem is though those guys were such mainstays for so long that yeah. they are the options. And there's no like Jeff. getting around them. You need Spieth to just become a permanent captain. That's the thing. Why can't you just do like this, you know, captain in perpetuity? Or until he wants to, you know, like, wasn't that the Bernard Gallagher thing? Wasn't he captain for like four or five in a row? Not Tony Jacklin was three in a row. Okay. I don't know. So it appears we're heading for Zach Johnson to be captain in, where's the next one? Italy? Is that right? Yeah. Chad Campbell? (laughs) DeMarco? I mean, J.J. Henry was on a Ryder Cup team. Jeff Overton, get him, pull him out. Boom, of baby. 
<laughs> Jeff Overton would surely spice things up. Yeah, completely. I guess that's my problem. It's just such a bland collection of human beings when it comes to looking for people to like poke the bear on the other side of the you know, other side of the scoreboard. I, I don't know. And maybe that's what you want. That's what they're going for at this point. Duffner. I feel like Brant Snedeker could be a good guy to get yeah, in there. It might not be bad. I, I, I was just surprised there was not a single new name. So I mean, but all. the thing was that Davis Love, Zach Johnson, and Matt Kuchar is destined for this as soon as he doesn't make the team. Yeah. yeah like, right? Sure. So yeah. it's like Zach Johnson, Kuchar, Stricker, Phil, Furick, and like that, those guys were all Ryder Cuppers for like four straight Ryder Cups. So they become your captains. Yeah. I, I, the way this is going, I would imagine Phil's going to do it multiple times, as will Tiger, maybe, you know, a couple times. Maybe not. I, I don't know. It just seems, seems like that's the way it's going. All right. Maybe they could have Luzi be the American captain. <laughs> what was it? somebody telling him about the even and odd holes? Like, oh, that's a good thing. I haven't thought of that. The driver, <laughs> the far fives are all in the odds. You, you got a point there. At the rea- I think that one of the things we're learning with the with the spotlights is like the Ryder Cup captain things, like the most overrated thing ever. Because sure. if you win, you're the greatest, and if you lose, you suck. Yeah, and it's pretty yeah. black and white. I guess it just seems like everyone, everyone's reaction to this announcement was just a moan of unsatisfaction. Well, I, I just don't. The in reality, I don't really know who the other options are. They're like, like Hunter Mahan is like an option. Yeah, I think they're so committed to this like process they've created that it's got to have been involved in the last several years, or else you're out. I just there aren't any guys. Okay. Somebody, somebody, tell me options that like check the box of major champion and played on a number of Ryder Cups that aren't these four guys because they're the four guys. Well, the Stricker thing uh, that wipes out the major championship requirement, major champion requirement. I don't know. But then you can't find somebody that's played on a bunch of teams. That's the problem. Oh, it, Mark Brooks, he was a good player. A little too old at this point. I, I think guess. he's too old. Can't relate to the kids. What about Anthony Kim? I think they should do it. He probably wouldn't do it though. Bring him out. Make him a mascot. You know, people get lose their shit if he came out of hiding. Be good for, for social impressions that week. <laughs> he is the social media darling, even without having done anything for a decade okay let's get off this just just a kind of i a, think bryson could be an assistant captain you're just throwing names out there i i'm trying i'm trying to come up with it's just a flat it was just a flat announcement that's all okay uh should we move on to are we doing flashlights flashlights we got two flashlights double flashlight if you missed double. what the flashlights are they're just mini mini spotlights Mini spotlights. So, in effect, a flashlight. Um, all right, what do you want to do? We we watched this. Somebody told me they listened to the whole pod, and they felt so dumb because they realized like twelve hours later what a flashlight was. 
why it was called the flashlight. Because it's a smaller version. We're not going two hours. Okay, let's get to it. One of them. So we've been doing a ton on file, though, right? We, we've got Norman out there, shark swimming out there on the horizon. It's just a massive undertaking. Not sure we want to do that yet. I'm not sure we want to dive into those waters. <laughs> so we watched the uh, head-to-head, Faldo versus Norman, Shell's Wonderful World of Golf at Sunningdale in 1994. Uh, Norman's number one in the world at the time, taking it from Faldo. Uh, it's a one-hour video on YouTube. It's just like... It's, it's awesome. Really, it's compact. It, it like just gives you a total appreciation for who these two were. Um, Lots see, of baby shark. You see Sunningdale. <laughs> a lot of just the shark family in general. His folks are out there. His daughter's out there. Baby shark is just... <laughs> baby shark might get more run than Faldo himself. Gregory. Not Greg. Gregory. I mean, he's a little rug rat in this, you know. He's basking in the uh, in the spotlight. What was the one point, like Gregory? You could have hit that one or something. I, he's just all over it. He's, he's reminded his dad to take rocks out of bunkers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He reminded him. He's like, remember, you can take the rocks out over here. <laughs> Separate rules. Um, so, in all seriousness, this is so cool, and I, I like it. Just makes me sad that we don't get it still. Because here we have the world number one playing the world number two. And it's a made-for-TV thing that takes an hour. I know that they would never do that now because of gambling, um, which sucks. That's the thing for our purposes now. It's an hour. It's a light lift for you. Just throw it on the background. It's a very cool kind of uh, short and easy way to understand the time and place and these Mm -hmm. two players. Just even as a background play. And they're playing, they're recording it before, I think, the European Open or something. Um, And it's at Sunningdale, which is one of, you know, one of the greatest courses in the world. So you're watching the two best players in the world play at one of the greatest courses of the world. And it takes an hour. And it was it was cool to watch. It wasn't, you know, I think we just kind of thought, okay, it would be cool to do like a little you know, watch this and have some observations from it and, you know, pass it on. You guys should watch it. Yeah. Um, what impressed you? Baby Shark. I'll tell you that. what, Faldo played terrible. He was, he was terrible. One thing that was great is this is like mic'd up. I mean, it, it feels like it's under their, like, in the under their chin, like right under their lip. Mm-hmm. You can hear that they're breathing into the mics the whole time. They're like... Faldo is just this volcano trying not to erupt the whole round. He's not playing well. After every shot, he's like, how could you do that swing? Oh, geez. Oh, you couldn't have. What is this? Like, oh, no tempo. No, he's, <laughs> when he stops in the middle of the fairway, he does like the lead better. You know, he's probably thinking about his swing. While fans are cascading all around him in the middle of the fairway, I was kind of worried about his safety for a minute. No, uh, but the no. best part is his reactions. Every single shot. Oh, is, you know, he just hit it everywhere. He was terrible. Like, how could you? Oh, no. And you're getting this on every every shot on the broadcast. And Norman was like locked in from hole one. And he shot, shot 31. He, the, he shot, I think, 66. And it was uh, like the 67. highest. It was the highest possible score. 
he could have shot. Yeah, 67 with bogeys on the last two holes when he was comfortably ahead. And Faldo, meanwhile, shoots 68 and was just abysmal. Or no, he might have shot 66. He shot 66. Norman shot 66. Faldo, Faldo shot, shot 67. Yeah. It's a one-shot thing that was never that. didn't feel that close. And it kind of gave you a look into the lens of each player, though, to be honest. Yeah. Like, so what, what did you think of Norman? He was kind of a, he was a dial tone. He's a fly. Is he a, is he like a, a Ricky, like a precursor to Ricky? Just, just a brand powerhouse, uh, this whole ideal and this kind of image. And, but he didn't really, I, I guess he's got into a lot more conflicts later in life where he speaks pretty candidly about things. Um, but, I think he was off the course, but on the course, I mean, he hit it pure as yeah. shit all day. He's not going to yeah. say it. There's a lot less to say when you're striping the ball. Yeah. And, like he was hitting it perfect. He was hitting it great. I mean, like in all honesty, he should have set the course record that day. Which Faldo he has the course record, 62. Yeah. Which he didn't because he didn't make anything. Um, and uh, Faldo, meanwhile, he had that he hold a bunker shot yeah. for a birdie. He made a thirty footer on eighteen and he only had like one other makeable birdie putt the whole day. He got up and down on every single hole. But it kind of gave you a look at it where like Norman's got this huge lead and barely wins. One by a shot. Like gagging his way in. And Faldo like is playing abysmally and grinds yeah. out a sixty seven. <laughs> like it was the worst sixty seven it was honestly like you know, remember when we'd watch Speeth and we're like, yeah. How the hell did he just shoot sixty six? Yeah. Yeah. It it was like one of those rounds. Like I it honestly did not hit a good shot uh, approaching the green. I don't know if he hit one good approach shot. Yeah. It's a it's a fun kind of a yeah way to get a sense of who they were and how they acted um and sunningdale's awesome there are some just some really cool short par fours out there some, some really good like aerial footage I mean, they do like a preview of each hole oh yeah uh, with the with the sideways uh helicopter yeah well yeah a little bit more difficult to do the aerial footage then yeah but it still looks good for mm-hmm. being 1994 they they there are a bunch of short par fours. Norman talks about that being one of his favorite things because there are a bunch of par fours. He said 290 to 320. And by the way, there's several times he's 60 yards ahead of Faldo. Well, Faldo was hitting it so bad. You could just hear it. <laughs> so it's in he's heat. He's hitting it play. left and hitting it high, short, right. I got a sense that this is like, you can shoot me down because uh, as someone who knows very little about architecture, but it felt like Pinehurst from like you just hit it off the map and you could get like up against a loose impediment of some sort, or you could catch a good lie and mat it down Heathland. I'm not saying it's like Pinehurst in any other way, but that's what you saw all like Norman caught a couple great lies when he was off the out in the junk, the Heather or whatever it was. Whereas Faldo kept catching bad lies. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the, formative courses that changed until Sunningdale, like until this uh, Heathland golf started in Sunningdale's one of the first ones, uh, first great courses that they didn't believe golf could be played anywhere, but out in the links. And then they found this Heathland land, this Sandy, you know, pine, pine forest and outside of London. And that this is one of the courses that really like brought golf to the masses. 
very brown, mm-hmm. right? Like very burned, like kind of burned out. Just like, I don't know if that would, it was probably a little jolting to watch it in the mid nineties. If you're used to, you know, tour golf, green golf, mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's a cool watch, especially with the aerials and, and Faldo's um, persimmon and, uh, and, yes. and Norman's got the King Cobra, um, metal woods. Yes. Yes. Um, anything on the broadcast. So it's an hour long. So it's all tape delayed. There's, which is what you can't, you can't do that nowadays. Can't do that. I don't understand. Fans there. I loved it though. It's so good as an hour long show. That's the thing is like all these matches would be better post-produced for the viewer. You just lose the gambler and it's kind of sad. You also, you lose like the live rights appeal of it, right? I mean, sports are a live rights thing now. You can't like show some match in a, that's a condensed in an hour when everybody knows what happened. Now we might be into it, but you're going to lose a lot of the audience, right? But the pace of it, Seminole. the pace yes. is incredible. I'm not talking. Yeah, I w- it's fantastic. It just moves. You play 18 holes in an hour. Cover it. Um, Jack Whitaker is awesome. Yeah. He's like the anchor. It's it's very stripped down. Jack Whitaker and Dave Marr, two guys. And they just run the show at Sunningdale. Anything else on this? It is cool. It was very cool. I I recommend getting into the uh, into the. Shell's wonderful world archive. I my I left my YouTube. I watched it on YouTube on my TV, and it auto played into ninety five. Uh, Norman and Price at Metalist. Yeah. So maybe maybe we'll do break down that a little bit next week for uh, before the the match out there. Hey, last one. What did you think of the shark logo growing up or or in this era? I thought it was pretty cool. That was like, yeah, right. I mean, it's a it's, great it's logo everywhere, all over the broadcast. You know, the hats and, and well, think about how player logos have have just yeah become pathetic. <laughs> like you had the golden bear, you had Arnie's umbrella, you yeah. had the shark, and yeah. and then Tiger ruined everything when he went to the initials. Teed up. I just seen it now. It kind of has a conveys like you find it at the costco clothing tables hey that logo you that's yeah it's there but like back then it was it was a sweet logo and conveyed some sort of like coolness i i don't know you know what i think bryson should change his logo to popeye (laughs) like the arm like a bicep popeye bar it's not a bad one beefy all right let's get on with it we have it again just a recommendation put it on in the background hour long light watch it's on youtube sunningdale 1994 shells you know we figured with all these match play challenge kind of things coming up we get into shells a little bit more so this was one of the first ones back after a 24 year hiatus yeah it ended in 70 and came back in 94 with under jack nicholas productions 94 was when they brought it back. Wow. Um, all, right. all right. Flashlight number two. Okay. We're going, you know, it's PGA Championship week. Yeah. Pour some out. I posted some photos of us last year at PGA. Beth Page on Instagram. That. I wish we were, you know, frolicking around Harding Park this week, but hope to do it again in the future. 
So we're going back to the 88 PGA Championship. Do you know who won that? Is that Wayne Grady? No, that was 90. Who is it? Little Jeff Sluman, as he was referred to then. <laughs> Little Sluman. <laughs> Little Sluman. So this is like a a nickname or a phenomenon we've come into in the last two months. Is, this seems a preferred time, preferred term of Ben Wright. Called him. We saw a Masters broadcast. He was popping them at the, <laughs> players. the players when the guy jumps at the pond. He goes, "Oh, little Sluman now has to collect his thoughts." Little Sluman, what about him? He won his PGA. Where was this? It was at Oak Tree National, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yeah. So in, in August. In August, it was actually people said all the writers were talking about how hot it was. But if you read the Oklahoma papers, they talk about how it was a cool week. <laughs> so Sluman had never won anything on the PGA oh, really? Tour. This was his first win. Do you can know, get, do you know when get, he won next after this? No idea. He didn't win again until 97. Whoa. So he was 30. He won for the first time a PGA championship. And then he doesn't win again until 97. Can I get... What's the program height? In, oh, 5.7. Five, five, seven. Seven. I'm, getting, I'm getting there. Okay. okay. All, right. All right. So here's Jaime Diaz's SI uh, lead here. When Jeff Sluman, all 135 pounds of him, was whirled around in a bear hug by his beefy caddy, Rich Mataki, on the 18th green at Oak Tree Golf Club in Edmond, Oklahoma. Sunday, it was the first time all day he had been out of control. With a 64 well with 64 well-placed shots and one perfect sandwich, Sluman had slain a monster golf course, put the coronation of Paul Azinger on hold, and waltzed Ooh. off with the PGA Championship, the last major of the year. His final round, 65, which took him uh, from three behind Azinger to a three-stroke victory, was hotter than the Oklahoma Blast Furnace it was played in. <laughs> by, making it the first, uh, by making his first tournament win a major, just as Jack Nicholas and Lee Trevino had done, Sluman can be known as someone other than the poor guy who lost the 1987 TPC when a spectator jumped into <laughs> an adjacent lake while he was standing over what might have been the winning pot. Little Sluman, 5'7", 135. Holy cow. Um, he, had so, he had some... I remember him like not from this win, but like... He had a big hat sponsor, wasn't he? Paychecks. Yes. Okay, that's what I... Unforgettable so, hat sponsor. Another DS tidbit Pay from checks. this. So he's just like, you know, people don't even think he's a tour player a lot of times. He's a little he... guy. <laughs> <laughs> so the use of the diminutive uh, suits the 5'7", 30-year-old Sluman who until recently was still being asked for identification when he ordered a drink and was mistaken for Tom Watson's younger brother when he went out to dinner with him earlier this year. Oh, Sluman and Willie Wood, who is a tad shorter, are the shortest players on the American tour, and the two of them 
have been known to borrow each other's clothes. <laughs> so Sluman wins. I mean, the guy had had like a decent career, but then he just like fell off a cliff for a while. And he talked, I mean, he was just like a really consistent player. I think he was, he was runner up to Tom Kite, Pebble. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, but he, he said he struggled with expectations. He said, you win a major and then you think every shot's got to be perfect. And he went through uh, this slump. Um, I see that happening. Yeah. Azinger's like gutted because this was a year after he lost the open to Faldo. Faldo and he said afterwards, I've given away one major and had another one taken away. Um, he said, hey, but this one won't nag at me. Jeff just played too good. Um, 65, final round. So Oak Tree is a die course. First major at a Pete die course was this one. Oh. And at the time, it was an all-men's club. Okay. And it, the, the event was like a crazy success. Record-setting attendance, 140,000 people. 35,000 plus for the final round. Um, the event brought in an estimated 35, $30 million to the local economy. Um, Edmund? That's north of Oklahoma City. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they said the wind, so it's like a, it's supposed to be a brutally, brutally hard Pete Dye course. Like I, they were expecting over par scores, but the wind didn't blow. Sluman wins with 12 under. So, but the PGA of America like loved it. Great event. They Why, award of attendance and attendance, everything. Like okay. the the course, everything. So they awarded the ninety-four PGA championship just six years later, which matched the quickest turnaround for an event Whoa. to return to the same site. Wow. Fast forward two years, Oak Tree Oak Tree Golf Club is uh the going bankrupt. The, the it's owned by Landmark Land Company at the time, and federal regulations no longer allow the company's federally insured savings and loan to finance its own ventures. So they had a major that just pops off, yeah, wildly successful. Get another one, and they're bankrupt. And then two years later, the, yeah, the they bankrupt. The government ends up owning taking ownership of the golf course. Wow. So they move the PGA to to Southern Hills. Ah. Which okay. is there's a little Oklahoma rivalry between the two clubs, it sounds like, from my readings. Oh there's really? Some, well uh, one's OKC, one's Tulsa, right? Uh-huh. How about that? And, and and like, you know, there's some Oak Tree members saying, oh well, you know, we're a much finer club than that old club down at Southern Hills, which is debatable, but, <laughs> <laughs> but then, okay. uh, so Oak tree savings bank, uh, you know, sold it to the government and then, uh, like eventually somebody bought it back and then they had the 2012 senior PGA. But ever since then, they've been waiting for another major to come out to Oak Tree. Oh, still waiting, huh? Yeah. And there's the famous Oak Tree Gang. <laughs> the Oak Tree Gang. Someone tweeted us that. Tweeted Deep fried egg. Okay. Okay. The Oak Tree Gang 
So it's all these pros played out of and lived. They bought houses all around Oak Tree and they drive their carts in all the time. Yeah. Gil yeah. Morgan, Bob Tway, Dr. Gil, Scott for Plank, who also won the USAM in 84 out there. So he's like the, you know. Wait, they had prodigal. the USAM at Oak Tree? Yeah, in 84. Okay. Uh, Willie Wood, David Edwards, Doug Tewell, and Mark Hayes. So all, all these, these guys. Oak, a lot of them Oak State guys. So now there's an up-and-coming Oak Tree gang. Right now? Yeah. Charlie Saxon, Taylor Moore, Nick Heinen, Josh Creel, Rain Gibson, Michael Gellerman, Taylor Gooch, and Gaines. Gaines is in Jupiter. This Bob Tway grew up at Oak Tree. He's still he's part both. of the gang. Gaines, Gaines is multiple gains, apparently, huh? Yeah, he's still part of the gang. Okay. So now there's a new Oak Tree gang. He got. He's a legacy Oak Tree member. Yeah. Oak Tree gang. The Oak Tree gang. That's interesting. The Oak Tree gang. So Sluman. So he wins this and never. You know what I'm seeing? Big Bulls fan. Oh, yeah. He lived in Hinsdale, uh, western suburb forever. So he had Bulls season ticket. season tickets for 10 years, Bears, Bulls, Cubs. Yeah, his wife's, I think, from Chicago. So he oh, lived in lived God. in Hinsdale for, I don't know if he where he lives now, but he lives in the Chicago area. All right. We'll try to post. Um, I might post a clip of one of the Ben Wright, just a replay of the condescending little Sluman. <laughs> His pet name for this guy who's winning major championships. All right, anything else on the Oak Tree or Jeff Sluman or the 1988 PGA? I think Sluman made like 16 million on his career. He had had a major, and then he he rattled off like five wins late in his career. That sounds about right. He was like around and doing well in our lifetimes. I mean, he played. So. He was just like super consistent. His his, I mean his. Hat sponsor was perfect for him. Paychecks, you know, he just cash checks every X. Every... All right, my Wi-Fi is completely busted. Yeah, this is not good. Everyone, enjoy your Wednesdays. We'll check in with you on Friday. Wi-Fi is gone. Bye. <laughs>